right center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov to the net. Barkov between the legs. Unbelievable. Did you just do that, Alexander Barkov? The Panthers are back on top. Hello and welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford alongside Noah Russo once again. Uh, And this week's episode of the podcast is brought to you guys by DraftKings. Two of the sport's most respected fighters step back into the octagon this weekend to compete for the welterweight title. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at a huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering new players a shot at, a millions, at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs this weekend. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good man, you missed you missed the last episode. I, yeah, yeah. You want to know? I just uh, yeah, I was a little busy, so I uh, couldn't make it. But I'm glad Jacob Barker was able to fill in. Did he? Did he have any good Ottawa Senators insight to share? Unfortunately, yeah. Pro- I don't know. Sure, like it was. <laughs> he was talking about the Senators. It was good though. He's t- you know we talked about a, a dad note for a bit. So, uh, and he's obviously he's picked it up the last couple of games. Two goals. I mean, one he didn't really do much on, but. Yeah. that was just adam larson chopping at top shelf <laughs> yeah and i mean it's uh it's been a busy week uh throughout the nhl lots going on uh the number one thing is more uh cancellations uh or postponements with uh covid and everything teams and players testing positive uh are you at all worried about the season um I, I think I think it'd be stupid not to be at this point. Um, I, it, it depends how like worried. Like, do I think we're still gonna get a Stanley Cup? Realistically, yeah, probably. Like the NHL is gonna do as whatever they can. If if the entire U.S. team team base cannot play, then they'll just award the Stanley Cup to a Canadian team. Like, I think the the NHL is going to do absolutely everything they can to hand out that trophy. That being said, I think, I definitely think Lock, Lake Tahoe is in jeopardy. For sure. I mean, I, the Flyers just went on the list and it's, it's really not looking good. Obviously the avalanche is on there, but they, they were on there a little sooner. So hopefully They'll, they'll, they'll be good to go. I, I forget who they're playing. I think maybe Chicago. No, not Chicago. I don't know. It's it's such a mess right now, the schedule yeah. and everything. Like, so many games just being postponed. I think we're probably getting to a point where it's 
looking like there's going to be teams that don't play 56 games. And like, it's probably going to come down to point percentage, kind of like what they did in the MLB. Yeah. Um, I, the MLB still managed to have most teams play like the, like the vast majority of games. But yeah, they yeah. always rescheduled a bunch, but there were teams that didn't play their full schedule. But yeah, we're but he, the thing is, like, the MLB has always pretty much worked on win percentage. That, yeah, that's just always been what it is. It's it, that's not what it's been in the NHL, and I think that might be more of an issue. Um, well, the thing is, like, I don't, it's not going to be their first choice, but. If, if there's no way to reschedule, like if, if no, 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 games no, get no. postponed, like what are you going to do? 100%. And that, that's going to be the, the, the go-to. Um, what I'm saying is I, I wouldn't be surprised if teams uh, potentially complained about that. Um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see because w- w- what happens if you have a team that has more points but a lower win percentage than another team? Yeah, like uh, it's not like, like where w- exactly. So they're they obviously have a lot of fig- figuring out to do, and that's not only on the points wise, is COVID protocol wise. Yeah, I I need like I do not comprehend how you can play a game before getting a test result back. Yeah, that was ridiculous yesterday with Vegas. What in the hell is going on? Yeah, and then you're going to pull the player from the game, and it's like, well, damage has been done at that point. He's already he's already been, been sitting next to the guys on the bench. If You know, in, for, from what we hear is if one guy has it, it's so easy to transmit. And they already had that COVID scare with the coaching staff the week before. Yeah, like the, the the thing for me is like, a how do how do you let a guy play when you don't have his test result back? And two, if if the test result comes back it was obviously positive, uh, with Thomas Nosek, and you remove him from the game, like I think you have to cancel that. You should cancel the game at that point. One hundred percent. I mean, it it just baffles me that the NHL could be so careless and irresponsible to have that go through. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like super surprised that like that like that's how it all went down, but it's clearly not the way the things should have been handled. And it just keeps piling on for the league and for you know, this season so far. It just seems like every day new teams, you know, reporting cases, new issues coming up. I mean, Mass Mutual East is an absolute mess. Oh. Brutal. Like, I don't know what happened in that Buffalo, New Jersey game. What was it? Like a week, a week and a half ago. Yeah. Maybe a little, I, I'm not sure on the timeline. I don't know what happened there, but wow. all of a sudden both teams are just out. Yeah. I mean, the, the nice thing is that, I mean, at least in the mass mutual East, like the, the, the games between teams is still close. Like, the, no one's played, like, that few games. Obviously, I think the Devils only played nine. But at least it's close. But it just seems like right now, like, their teams are just getting picked off in that division. Yeah, I mean, tomorrow night, I, I, 
today's yeah. So well, on the night that the podcast drops, there's four games that are postponed. I know. I was actually supposed to to work tomorrow tracking the games, and uh, I can't now because games postponed. So it's just it's a mess and i mean every time something like it comes up that you know there's more positives whatever it really it affects the entire division right like we yeah, saw yeah like- yeah yeah and i mean the good thing is central seems to have stabilized hopefully cross our fingers but yeah west and east are not doing good at all yeah i mean yeah like we saw at the start of the year like the panthers didn't have any issues themselves but they just missed all these games because, you know, their divisional matchups, those teams weren't able to play. And it's, yeah, it's just such a mess. It, it really is. And it's, you really hate to see it. I mean, I don't think the NBA has been nearly this um, disfavored in terms of COVID either. Um, it's, this is really what we were hoping not to happen. Yeah, like we expected that, the, yeah, there would be postponements. There would be issues. It wasn't going to be as smooth and easy like it was with the bubble. Um, I didn't think it was going to get this bad, and I didn't think it was going to get this bad this quickly. It's exactly. We're, we're, what, 12 games in on average? Yeah. It's like we're, we're a fifth of the way through. Yeah. And, and I mean, we're, we're already postponing left and right. Yeah. The good news, though, is that if it does come down to point percentage, the Panthers are in a fantastic spot. Fantastic spot. I and, mean, a little, little stumble against Detroit for that first game, but then uh, they come right back for the second game. I mean, it's a stumble because they don't get the win, but, I mean, Thomas Grice was fantastic. I had him in fantasy that day <laughs> on my team. He was absolutely clutch, helped me win my matchup. I mean, that, that's the other thing about we'll, – we'll come back to the uh, Panthers in a second, but – my fantasy team there's just nothing happening yeah no i either should. you know like either either guys are out because they're on the covid disabled list or guys are just not playing because the other team is yeah actually i meant to mention that before we got on the air here i was gonna let you know i was gonna add another ir spot to our league that's fantastic but i could need five right now i know like, <laughs> it, it just it makes like and I, I wasn't like I, I wasn't like very serious about fantasy this year. It's kind of like whatever. Like I'll, your team's doing great uh, though. Your first place. Really? Oh, for now. Cool. But I'm I'm right on your heels. I'm tied. I'm tied. Yeah, you're tied for first uh, with Ben Barrows, who has come on the podcast before. Yes. Uh, yes. But yeah, I had like six guys that were just postponed. Exactly. And like, no, nobody's like playing and it's, it's really hard from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to get enough goaltender appearances, uh, to be honest, because I have, I have Grubauer. That's not happening. No. Nope. And I have Flurry, and that's probably not happening either. Yeah. It, it it's, it's super tough too. Cause like fantasy, our, our leagues head to head, you go up against someone each week and, Man, if you have guys, if you got your guys postponed that week, you know your, your top players, you're, you're screwed. Exactly. This is why I drafted a lot of players from the Canadian division. I mean, the Scotia North. <laughs> well, 
Well, I have Austin Matthews, so um, I, I'm not complaining about that in terms of goals. Uh, he, he's been lighting up the lamp. Um, I saw a report that I think it was I was Sportsnet or something. Oh, it was Ray Ferraro saying that he should be a front runner for the MVP, and I just I don't know what's going on. Like I wouldn't get I wouldn't go that far. I absolutely baffles me and i he came back on twitter and he was like no it's not toronto bias but let's face it it fully is yeah like this guy this guy has yes he has 11 goals he's leading the league in goals he has four assists he's 15 points the leading like um point points guy in the league is mcdavid who has double the points yeah i know i have him in fantasy he's fantastic yeah, that was courtesy of Jacob Barker. Uh, yeah, it's – yeah, I wouldn't go that far. I mean, obviously, Matthew's an incredible player. But front runner at this point like, – it, and it's so early too, but – Yeah. Um, and, I mean, in the Canadian division, it's it's been a lot of fun uh, so far. But, yeah, it's – yeah, it's kind of a mess out there. But – Yeah, it, yeah it, it, it 100% is. Yeah, just total shit show, but what are you going to do? <laughs> but keep watching the games and keep hoping. They don't get yeah, postponed. Yeah. yeah, I mean, on average, we at least have two games a night, so that's that's all you can ask for, really, is as long as you get two games. Although, not a fan of having two Eastern time starts tonight. It's incredible. I forget what day it was, a couple of days ago, I think, but it was like there was like three games postponed. And there was only like two games actually going, and they were both at like 10 p.m. <laughs> and I was like, this sucks. <laughs> and it was like it was like Anaheim too, so it really sucked. That was one of the Anaheim Vegas games. Yeah, I think it was, but it's yeah. Anaheim, um, who's been surprisingly okay. I don't want to say decent or good, but they've been have just you, okay. Have, have you watched them? I watched them last night. How'd they uh, look? I, I like think they, a lot of I like, think it's a lot of John Gibson over there. They, they were down three one, and they still managed to like make it three three. And I think they they made it four four. And then obviously, I mean, they were playing Vegas, and Vegas came up big with the I think it was um, Chandler Stevenson or yeah, I think it was Chandler Stevenson with the game winning goal last night. Um, Who knows? Who's that or White? I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it's no Dallas. I mean Dallas. The Ducks have been okay. Like they don't look good out there, but they somehow are doing okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to watch them play. No, no, that's for sure. Wouldn't do. That. I was not watching for them last night. I was watching because that was the only game on, and uh, Vegas. I very much enjoy watching. Yeah, Vegas. I like Vegas, but like if, if Anaheim's playing and that's the only game on, like I'm putting on a movie. And it doesn't have to be a good one. It could be anything. But, um, yeah, man. Uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about, too, uh, kind of happened in the last couple of days was uh, in Canada, obviously, it doesn't really affect Florida, but all the TSN uh, layoffs, just brutal. Hamilton, Winnipeg, and Vancouver all shut down. And a lot of really good reporters, uh, people that have been on the, the, the podcast network before, uh, a lot of good people let go. 
uh, just brutal, brutal. You, you honestly hate to see it. Yeah, it's really. It's it's not easy. And like, just... like from a business standpoint, it's yeah okay. Like they 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 had. But from a business standpoint, they're having a like Bell, who obviously yeah, yeah, owns yeah, no, TSM. No, no, no. Obviously, and I there's a huge there's huge implications with Bell. Let's talk as well, um, but yeah. that's a whole other subject. Um, did you hear the the message that they had on uh, TSM Hamilton? Um, I think I did see it. Like it was the the radio announcement. It was um basically announcing that they were that it was like it was midair. I think. Um, just insulting they have this like comical voice going yeah and i'm and like yeah in the statement they put out and they're like this was unavoidable and it's like i mean was it like you're having a fantastic quarter as, as a company and you know it's a pandemic and you just had bell let's talk and you're, you're just like i get like you know layoffs happen people get fired right but like that's gonna happen in life I think it's just the way that it was handled. It was just so poor. So poor. Insultingly. Like, I'm not really sure how to describe it. It's just, I, and I woke up and I was like, like, why am I seeing all these messages? What's going on? And then I really, three stations, like, that's insane. Yeah. Three radio stations, a lot of really exceptional, uh, you know, hockey analysts and insiders um all it go it really it sucks it really does it's a sad to, day to be fair i didn't really know there was a tsn hamilton well the other thing like obviously like we don't we don't live in hamilton we don't live in winnipeg we don't live in vancouver right yeah so but, we're not we're not a part of the people that like grew up listening to tsn 1040 vancouver right but you know who a lot of these people are we see them on twitter you know they're very big in the hockey community and you know hopefully uh, a lot of them are able to, you know, bounce back and find something or start, you know, their own, whatever. Um, but yeah, really tough day yesterday. It's not easy. And I remember, I remember when, um, can't tell you when it was, it was sometime during the summer when the athletic made their round of cuts. That was, that was also devastating. Like there was a lot of people I followed on Twitter that were following teams that were just, out of a job overnight it was honestly devastating yeah it's just it's a reminder that you know it's a it's a brutal industry a brutal business and that you know things like that happen and when they do happen it's obviously very public because you know the, well, these people are you know most of them are quite well known and so that yeah just tough tough couple of days with that but uh you know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to following um, their their next their next steps. Uh, I think that ho- hopefully they'll land on their feet. I mean, there, there's really no way to judge, especially I mean, during a pandemic, and the, I mean, the tendency of the NHL just getting more and more cases is not it's not a great indicator. No, it's not been a great week. Really, really, it's not been a great week. And yeah. Like, th- there's no other way around it. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into some Panthers talk at the end here, uh, you know, looking at their upcoming schedule and stuff. Um, but uh, Pittsburgh, 
uh, they got their GM and they got their uh, their president of hockey operations, Brian Burke and uh, Ron Hextall. What do you think? I was honestly shocked because, well, not Ron Hextall. That's that's fine. Like I thought he had he he put in an excellent foundation in Philly. Unfortunately, it wasn't his fault that it didn't work out. I think it was more on the coach. Can't remember his name, but um, it, I, I thought that that the blame wasn't there on him. I think it's a good hire. Brian Burke, I never saw coming. I did not expect Brian Burke to get back into the game. And I, I bought his book last semester and I read it. And I'm like, unfortunately, I gave it to a, I, I, I lent it to a friend to read, but I'm like 90% sure he says at the end of his book, like that he very much enjoys television and he's not ready to go back. Yeah. I mean, people say that all the time and then you just get that competitive, you know, the juice is full and you want to get back in the ring. Um, I'm super excited because, you know, I, I like, you know, Brian Burke a lot. Um, great entertainment yeah. value. Yeah. Really interesting guy. I haven't read the book yet. And then Ron Hextall, as you mentioned, like he did a great job in Philly with their drafting and developing. Uh, and obviously things just didn't work out. Uh, and Dave Hextall was the coach at the time. Dave Hextall, yeah. yeah that yeah. was the name you're thinking of? I think, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting though, because Ron Hextall's thing was, it was a lot of patience. It was, you know, draft good players and then develop them well, take your time, make sure they're ready to go and it worked well you know they have Provorov they have connect they have a lot of really good young players on that roster uh which is why they're so successful right now but then you look at Pittsburgh I mean on top of the fact that it's weird that you know Ron Hextall in Pittsburgh like that's got to suck for Flyers fans it, yeah um and he I, I assume Brian Burke's the one who chose Ron Hextall to be honest I'm not saying that uh Lemieux and um, can you remind me the uh, the the name of the other guy? I I don't know it off by yeah. Anyways, two guys um, like they obviously like approved the Hextall hire and obviously had a lot to do with it. But my guess is Brian Burke had a huge say in that. See, the thing for me is like that Hextall was like reports came out that you know Pittsburgh had made them the him the offer. And then it was like after all that, that the, the Brian Burke stuff kind of came out. So, but just because we, we know his character. And but when I, by the way, you, you have to, you know, you have to buy the book and read it. It's, I do. I, I'm, it, I'm reading another book right now. It's an amazing read. Um, you get the sense that he wouldn't have gone somewhere where we, he wouldn't have complete control. Yeah. And, and, I, and that, that's true that when he, he was he was in Vancouver originally. He was GM uh, or was he GM or AGM in Vancouver? I, he was I GM can't... with the Sedins. Yeah, yeah, but he was AGM under I think was it Pat Quinn? Oh, Vancouver maybe Vancouver first. And basically, what happened is the the owners of Vancouver were wanted to be too hands on, so he left, got the job in Anaheim. Basically, the, the relationship with the because Anaheim had just been sold to um, I'm gonna butcher the name, it's like Swomolis or something like that. It starts with an S, it ends in E's. Um, 
they had just bought the team from Disney and he, he comes in and that was his, that was his requirement that they were going to be completely hands off the hockey ops um, department and that it was going to be his to, to run as he saw fit. Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm really curious first of all, why he, he went back because it, it sounded like he was very content with just, and he loves Canada. Yeah. Right. He, he lo- I'm pretty sure he loved living in Toronto. Um, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure his, his ex-wife lives there with uh, two of his daughters. Um, he, he loved it there. So first of all, I wonder what the offer was from Pittsburgh must've been pretty good, you know? And second of all, I wonder what the realm of control is because uh, they, they obviously are in a win now mode. I don't think he would have been hired for a rebuild. Yeah, that was that was my question with like the Hextall part of it. Cause I get like Brian Burke, very experienced, kind of an old school hockey mind, and Ron Hawks Hextall, similar old school guy, but Ron Hextall comes from a place where Philadelphia was kind of rebuilding, retooling. Uh and he was, you know, very patient with the way his prospects were developed. And he goes to Pittsburgh where it's like time's ticking. Like the star players are getting up there in age. You don't have three or four years to let a prospect develop. And you also don't really have that many prospects anyways, because you always trade them. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how, like, what that adjustment's going to be like. I think, I do think they're going to do a great job in, in Philadelphia or in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm just curious to see how it all unfolds. Uh, in the next yeah yeah so it's funny because the news came out and my dad texted me immediately and I've, I've shared a few takes that my dad has right yeah um not the most accurate or realistic the first thing he told me he says he says Hextall is going to trade Malkin and Bold. is 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 this something that you see happening in the next two years? Like, are we, are we going to be potentially looking at a Pittsburgh without Malkin, without Crosby or without Latang? Like, are these, do you think that's, that's the move that they're going to be available or it's they're, they're ending their careers in Pittsburgh. It's tough. It's, it's kind of similar to like the, the Chicago situation when you have, you know, Kane Taves and like Duncan Keith and let's say Brent Seabrook too. Right. Guys that have like, they've won, you know, a ton of championships for your organization. And it's like, ideally, yeah, you'd want them to retire a Blackhawk or retire a Penguin. But is that the smartest thing to do? Absolutely not. Right. Like, you take the like the emotional part out of it. Like, really, like, if if you can move those guys and get, you know, good young pieces and just get rebuilding. Right. Because, like, is Pittsburgh a contender this year? I don't think they are. Right, they're. I think they're contender to make the playoffs. That's about it. Yeah, exactly. And if you have guys like, if you have guys like Crosby, Malkin, and Latang on your roster, like you got to go for it every year, right? Yeah, you got to yeah. at least try. And if you don't think that's going to be possible to to make a push and be really really competitive and go on a playoff run, then the logical thing to do would be yeah, move them and find ways to retool. Maybe not all of them, but yeah, like move a Malkin or a Tang. Like that's the logical approach, but it's not not what teams do typically. It's not. Um, 
and, and obviously the, the Chicago situation is that more, that much more complicated given, given the uncertainty around Jonathan Taze. Yeah. I, I mean, I haven't heard any news on that, on that front. Um, he, I think he's just still kind of trying to figure out what's going on and trying to recover. It's not, not, not sure what's going on there, which makes the situation so much harder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, guys get older and it gets to a point where you, you, you can't – yeah, you, you got to let them go. That being said, though, Chicago right now, third in the Discover Central Division. Back-to-back ba- back wins against Dallas. Back-to-back wins against Dallas. Kevin Lankinen, is he the greatest goalie of all time? I mean, he's, up there, he's up there with Pius Suter, that's for sure. Pius Suter's been excellent. I mean – that team, that's that's a huge surprise for me is how well Chicago's doing. Yeah, I mean, I all huge Philip Kurashev fan. I got to see him a little when he played junior in Quebec. Um, he was he, he was awesome junior, and he's obviously doing pretty decent in Chicago this this season. It's it, it just seems like they're gonna have a Dominique Kubalik every year. I guess so, and if that's their plan, like yeah, it might work out for for them and those guys like Taves and Kane. Well, yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're they're a huge surprise to me right now. But yeah, they like at some point though they got to regress. I, I I would assume so. I mean, and for me, it's in the it's in the goaltending. Oh, 100 percent. Right. It's you know it's but you look at it and their 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 win percentage says it all. I mean, they're they're a five seventy one is they have two teams below them that have high, way higher win percentages than them that are going to surpass them. Oh, yeah, definitely. But I also look at – and you look at their – like if you look at their last 10, though, like 6-1-3, and three, not bad. Like it's pretty good. That, that, very true. And there, there are some very underperforming teams in that league, namely Nashville, which we fully called um, – it, it helps. It helps. Yeah. And just quickly transitioning this over to talk about the Panthers real quick. Yes, End it off with some Panthers talk. But um, there was a lot of, you know, there was the interview this week with Anthony DeClaire talking about not scoring so far as a Panthers. Ten games. I think he's got six assists, no goals. Um, is there any concern there? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna answer your question with another question. I'm just I just want to pull it up. I mean, so why? I, but sure. So I I'm not I'm not mistaken. Um, all right. Would would we be having this same conversation for like if Nolachari hadn't scored any goals? If no, like in this situation, is Nolachari on the first line? I mean, they're here's, here's like for, for me, it's like he's getting paid 1.7 million. He's playing some good hockey. He's creating chances. I'm not worried at all. Oh, I know. I feel like I fully agree with you. I'm not worried at all about Anthony Duclair. It just the weird thing is that this is like a pattern with him is like being streaky. Listen, I'm just hoping that he has a decent season. Not too good. Loves Florida. And signs a long-term deal at a fairly low AAV, 
along the lines of maybe a three by three. Yeah. Like I mean, that, I would, I would be, I would be pretty happy with that. I mean, three million might be a little much. Let Let's see what he he produces, but it's. I am so not worried. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm not worried at all. He's shown in the past that for some reason he just is a streaky scorer. It's not like he's playing bad by any means. That top line's been excellent, and he's had looks that are just not going in. Six it, assists in ten games is not bad either. His points total is pretty on par with what what he produced last season in Ottawa. Yeah, and I like if I'm being honest, like I I almost see it as a good sign. It's like wow, this is him when he's not scoring. Like when he starts to score, yeah, look out. Um, so like, I yeah I have no worries about Anthony Duclair, and I'm convinced he'll bring it around in the next week or so. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I mean, I haven't looked at any of his advanced stats or anything. I don't know what that looks like. I think they're good. I think they're pretty yeah, solid. Yeah, I would, I would assume they're, they're, they're solid. Um, I, I'm just trying to look up here. Uh, let's see. They, oh, I wanted to see his average time on ice just because he does play first line. I, he does get power play time. Um, but it's... It's so so not a concern. No, right? Uh, like, yeah, he's gonna be fine. Exactly. And the team's gonna be fine. Uh, but uh, you know they've they've started off the season great, awesome. Everyone's super excited. But now they get into some tougher games coming up here. Like, as good as they've been, they haven't had a difficult schedule by any means. Right? Like, they open with the Blackhawks, they, and then they take on Columbus, who's, like, a good team. They work hard, but they didn't have Line A or Dubois. And then – I mean, when, obviously, it doesn't even matter because either one would have been sitting. Exactly. Classic. <laughs> Who could have seen that coming in Columbus? <laughs> um, And so I think – like for me, like obviously the, the the start that they've gotten off to, fantastic. Um, but I think the next couple weeks, that's when we're gonna see what this team is really all about. I mean, definitely three in a row against Tampa, then Carolina, a couple against Detroit as a break, but it's a back to back, and then and then it gets a little dicey. Dallas and Carolina. Um, Three games against Dallas, two games against Carolina. I mean, this is a one, two, three. It's eleven game span. Yeah, it's the eleven game stretch, and this is—I think this is where we're really just going to find out if this team's legit or not. And it's kind of like, well, like we can't overhype given the the start of the season, as you said. They they haven't really been tested given the, their, their their opponents. Is if they come out with six wins out of out of eleven. I'd frankly be fairly satisfied. Yeah, honestly, if you if you lock up six wins at like eleven, like you're probably a playoff team at that point. Exactly. In, in those so, games. So that 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 seems like the bar, and you know, obviously that includes two games against Detroit and three games against Dallas, who I think is is kind of up and down. Um, obviously, very strong start, but. Kind of struggling lately. I mean, 
it's and this has been the age old like thing in Dallas recently is they have trouble scoring and it's a very similar situation to Nashville where you have so much high end talent on offense. Yeah. And just doesn't, doesn't happen that way. It's, it's bizarre, but like, Oh, he's a very good team coming off the, the Stanley yeah. cup final appearance. Um, but yeah, the, to me, this is, this is the most important 11 game stretch of the season. It's when we're going to learn a lot about this team. I think uh, like I was reading, uh, the Panthers, they got a nice shout-out from Elliot Friedman in 31 Thoughts this week. Don't know if you read it. I, I did not get a chance, no. Well, they got – they you know. They it's, got, it's about time. It's, it's about, about time someone, you know, from the Toronto media, you know, said something. But, yeah, they got, they got to be one of the one of the thoughts this week. And, uh, yeah, like they've – basically the gist of it is like you – there's no – like you can't be disappointed or excited with how the Panthers have started. Like they've – basically they've gone out and they've done exactly what you wanted them to do. And now the challenge starts and starts with three straight games against Tampa. That I think that's going to really set the tone. Yeah. It's going to be really interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, it, if they lose three in a row, then I think we're, we're, we're having a very different conversation next week. Absolutely. And I think another thing. I, I know I know it's Tampa and Tampa's Tampa. But with with what Florida's shown so far, you'd at least hope that they, you know, is if they do drop three at Tampa, you'd be worried that they can't stay up there and they can't compete with the best. Yeah, I think. And right now we think that they can. Yeah, That's I think. Expectation. I, yeah, I mean, based on the way they what they've shown so far this year, and I'm sure, you know, they're, they're confident, they're playing well. And, you know, obviously goaltending is kind of a mixed bag. They've been – the goalies have been great recently. Um, to me, these the three games against Tampa, anything – like three or more points out of those three games, like I think you're pretty happy. Yeah. Really? 100%. 100%. Half the points? That's perfect. Well, like obviously you'd hope for more. But if, if you can show that you can get 50% of the points against the one of the best teams in the league – it's. I think it shows a significant amount about your team, especially considering it's the Panthers who nobody thinks of. Nobody outside of Panthers fans. Incredible disrespect. Barker and I talked about it a bunch last week. <laughs> um, but I think you know if they if if they can, you know if they can get some wins against Tampa, then I think like there's no choice but for people to start actually caring about you know this team and how well they're doing and start paying attention. Right. There's no at that point. You know, that's there's there's no excuse for not talking about them at that point. No. No, it'd be inexcusable. Uh and hopefully, hopefully they have success in these upcoming series they got. Uh it's gonna be a lot of fun. Excited to watch it. Battle of Florida. Um should be a blast. And we will be back on Monday to talk even more about it, check in on the team, see how well they've done. Our thoughts should be a blast. And so thank you to everyone tuning into this week's episode of the podcast. And we will see you all on Monday.
Center, Barkov looking to get a step on Mete. Barkov!